I'd like to welcome you to the second Bioanalysis uh, Roundtable discussion in Barcelona. Um, I'd like to allow the rest of the participants to introduce themselves. My name is uh, Martijn Gilst. Uh, I work for POA Health Sciences. My name is Marco Miki and I work for Up to It. My name is James Monday and I work for Covance. My name is Lieve Dille and I work for Janssen. I am Seamus Lam, I'm the preclinical head of QPS. I'm John Smartman, I work for UCB Biopharm. Hi, my name is Luca Fagari, and I work for Roche. Hi, I'm Melanie Anderson, and I work with Mark. <coughs> I am Scott Smithfield, and I work for GlaxoSmithKline. I'm Dieter Zimmer, and I founded my own consulting company three years ago. The name is Zimmer Bioanalytics and More. Thank you all for being here today. And I'm looking forward very much to our discussion on a number of interesting topics. I'd like to start off with um, something that's quite close to my own heart. Uh, a concern I have is that are we bringing along the next generation of bioanalysts correctly? So do we have the right skills in the bioanalytical laboratory at the moment for the kind of molecules and the kind of problems we're having to solve? Does anyone have any thoughts or comments on that? Yeah, if you look at the situation in the Netherlands that we have, is that um, we have quite some very good laboratory schools, and there are quite some number of students, and it's growing each year, mainly due to uh, well, television shows like CSI. Um, so on the, on the level of, of the laboratory technician, we don't see any, any, any problems. We do see that this, what is lacking is uh, bioanalytical uh, experience, bioanalytical knowledge, um, we do see that they are very good at analytical techniques. Um, so what we see it, we, as POA, we see it as a responsibility to the, well, let's say, the community to train them in-house ourselves. So we have a lot of people coming from the, from the schools to do an, a traineeship at POA, and then, well, hopefully, if they are very good, they stay at the company, and otherwise they go uh, somewhere else. Where we do see a, a big lack is in um, a, higher, a higher level education, like see the PhD, there, there is no very good uh, analytical group in the Netherlands at the universities. So there we see that it is, it is uh, lacking a bit. Does anyone else see anything different in other parts of Europe at all? There's kind of a, a dearth of actually uh, fully trained scientists out there in bioanalysis. So what we've been doing at Covance is actually um, sponsoring university courses. So we've actually sponsored a, a master's course at Leeds University, uh, training biomedical skills to those. And essentially, uh, individuals from our company go to do lectures on that course and uh, get the training through that basis. Are there any particular skills that are lacking in bioanalysis? You know, what I'm thinking about, the new kind of constructs we're seeing, non-small molecule work, is, is that a problem? Yes, I think, I mean, we are exploring now new territories and facing new challenges because we are trying to develop new molecules and explore new modalities and they pose significant <coughs> challenges to us, so we, we are applying by analysis, I mean, our methods, our knowledge in another way. What I'm saying is that we are evaluating, for instance, uh, instance uh, uh, combinations of small and large molecules. They, like antibody drug conjugates, we may have peptides, uh, oligonucleotides, 
And so in many cases we have to develop uh, methods which combine, we need to hyphenate uh, uh, technologies and that, that can be a challenge in my opinion. And so we need to gain additional experience in this particular, these novel applications. I believe we have the tools, and, uh, but we need to apply them and, and uh, to gain additional experience on, on those. So what I found is that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, a lot of mass spectrometrists come out from really from a high-res background. Um, and then it moved across in the triple quadruposal or unit mass background. Now with all the oligos coming up, really there's a lot of interest in the high-res background. And there is not a lot of school that actually have high-res mass spec training. So when we actually hire PIs, a lot of PhDs, they know how to do with triple quadruples, but they don't really know how to think through a high-res mass spec quantitation, which is sort of, will be down the road bit of addition. And I can pick in on that one maybe, because what I think is that for some of the people we have, we have good people in-house, but they need to reskill to build new skills, because the normal skills are less needed anymore, and they need to make sure that they are <coughs> trained for the new uh, endeavors we, we embark on, like oligonucleotides, and it's not only the mass spec aspect, but it's also extraction. They need to make contacts, I think, with genomic peoples, for example, to make sure that we learn from their experiences and make sure that we tap in on, on, on what they already have uh, experienced. I wonder if it's also something to speak about with regard to the biologics domain and how so many folks have been maybe working in the small molecule space and now having to cross-sect their skills into the biologic space. And specifically, I'm thinking about novel construct where you have multi-domain biologics and you're needing to use mass spec as a technology platform or for that matter, like binding applications. Flow cytometry comes into play. So the things that we're being asked upon by our project teams, by our studies, are very different today than they were a little while ago. And I think with that, needs a whole new skill set, or, or at least amplify some of the key skills that we have within bioanalysis to be able to contribute far more on a scientific level rather than solely on an analytical level. So is it best to get those skills by training your existing staff or by hiring new staff or by a combination of the two? If you're asking me personally, I, I think it's a mix of both. I think it has to be because invariably any organization would value the fact that you've developed someone internally, they have that institutional knowledge, they know where you're going within your portfolio, but also bringing fresh ideas, bringing new ideas, bringing folks from university settings and PhD students who are coming into your organization, it, it freshens up the conversation and thereby drives you into innovative space that you may not have been in before without that, that stimulus. I think when it, when it comes to quantitation of large molecules, it's important to have learned quantitation of small molecules before and all the regulatory stuff. Because when you hire uh, proteomics people, they are often not in, have never been worked in the field of, of quantitation. So it might be a good exercise to train the people first on, on small molecule quantitation and on, on all the regulatory uh, topics and then uh, develop their uh, skills in, in, the, in the field of large molecules. So first to learn the tools for quantitation, what is the calibration curve, what are QCs and so on, and then get on to the large molecule work. I think there are two aspects to consider for the lack of training within an organization because uh, what is uh, lacking in the quantitative bioanalysis team is the knowledge of the instrumentation for high resolution as said before, which is maybe 
very well used in other departments within the same organization, but not within the, the quantitative bioanalysis. And the other aspect is to how to apply this technology to ADC and um, monoclonal antibodies and, and so on. So there is, a, a, and also the implementation of new hybrid assays. So technology is going very fast. The school, the university are not prepared to cover all these very specific aspects. And within the organization, there are some people who, very, who know very well some instrumentation, but do not belong usually, at least in my, my experience, to the Biological, to the quantitative biological lab, but to other labs. So maybe there should be some cross-training within the organization to cover the aspect of the instrumentation, but it's not enough. So we need also to cover the biological aspect and all the new demanding assay. And last but not least, also the, the regulatory aspect behind this uh, application of new technology and so on, which is an unexplored field, I think. One thing I find quite gratifying listening to this conversation is the people from contract research organizations that are here are actually talking about um, hiring and training their staff in some of the new technologies. I think there was a perception maybe from some of the larger pharma that some of the CROs didn't have some of those skills to deal with, with the new molecular constructs. Is, is that true or, you know, is the reality changing? I think definitely the reality is changing and it's more a feature of how the industry is evolving. Um, a lot of the pharma industry has downsized to some extent. Obviously, you need now a partnership with CROs to build those scientific aspects of the work we're doing. So what we see uh, quite a lot is we have um, small biotechs coming to us for, for expertise and they're looking to the CRO for those expertise. And because they don't have the resources within the, their own companies to actually take those things forward. So, and to enable that, CROs need to take that mantle and actually build those scientific expertise within the, their domains. Yeah, so one, one, of the, one of the main issues coming from CRO is that um, everybody has very different ideas of ultimately what molecule be down the road, right? So in the good old days, a small molecule, then it goes to the proteins, now the ADCs, the oligos, and then, um, then there is the mRNA. So essentially, the different skill sets between the different organization, even within a CRO, is, I would say, segregated. So, um, and in fact, if you actually look at the pharma industry, there's a, a lot of interest in gene therapy. So you think of gene therapy, you do a lot of mRNA work, and then you basically use RT-PCR, right? And uh, the size is very different. And then how, how low do you go in the oligos before you go from RT-PCR into NESPA? And then how much lower do you then go from a high-res into a triple? And then all you go to hybridization and lysis. So even just one type of polynucleic acids, the thinking process is so different, so different now. I think when I was in grad school, people don't think like that because choice is very limited, which is good in a way. I think one of the questions around talent as well is, if you look at bioanalysis, it doesn't appear to be that sexy against, say, phosphoproteomics. And yet, a lot of the skills are still necessary. And I think that's the sell as well, is how can you get people into the industry? 
who actually want to be there. They want to use high-end mass spec skills for the place of where we're going. So I think there's a PR sort of element to this as well that we, we need to sell to people. I mean, how do you convince somebody who went to get a PhD that, like, regulated bioanalysis is interesting? I mean, that, that's, that's a difficult sell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I guess big farmers always had the advantage of, of saying, you know, come to us and you can get involved in projects and you can see the bigger picture and you can get career development in that way. Uh, you know, on the other side, what, what kind of career development do the CROs offer for a bioanalyst, say? You know, what we have done now, we have our scientific director is now a part-time professor at the university and we are now able to send the, 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 the good lab technicians to the university for a couple of years to obtain a PhD in the field of, well, for instance, now a high-resolution mass spec for uh, large protein. So now we are training the PhD people ourselves instead of trying to, to, to hire them. We do it ourselves. I wonder if there's something to be said from as we move further and further away from a transactional relationship, farm and CRO, that that USP, that added value contribution, is that scientific dialogue and interaction you have with the scientists at the, at the CRO organization, because that's where I really appreciate value, because I, I know they have skill sets and experience in the laboratory, but going beyond that is to bounce ideas, to develop new, new, con new ways of working that actually make it that bit easier to solve some complex problems within the portfolio. And so I really value this moving away from transactional relationship and far more into a scientific enriching discussion, which then obviously helps the portfolio and helps drugs development. Definitely more of a collaborative effect there in terms between farm and CROs. I think that's our experience. And the other thing that CROs have an, uh, an advantage of in terms of actually their exposure to they, different clients will approach us with an ADC and we have that interaction across multiple clients and have a, a broad range of experience across those clients. So we can bring those, that, that knowledge to our pharma colleagues based on that exposure. So our portfolio has changed quite a lot. The small molecule area you know, five years ago was largely lipophilic bases. And there's been a big drive to, to improve the physchem properties. So there are a lot more isosteres in there for acidic functions, the lipophilicity's dropped, and the kind of molecules that we're seeing are more hydrophilic. We're needing to do more derivatizations. You know, SFC for some molecules is becoming, we've done more derivatizations and solid supercritical fluid extractions in the last two years than probably we ever had before. And so to me, there's a, a sort of medchem need that we have as well to make sure that we develop really, really good methods. So I agree, we've got lots of people that, are, you know, they're the CSI era. They're, they're very good at the, the sort of doing, but, but there's a level beyond that. The molecules that we're seeing are becoming quite challenging to get really good methods for. And I would echo that with what we see in our portfolio. Our molecules keep getting harder and harder, even small molecules. So we, you know, we think that that's a, you know, a commoditized skill, but I mean, a lot of what we're seeing right now is really complicated. It's not just, you know, something that can easily even be outsourced. That's so. interesting, isn't it? Because I think if you look at most big pharma and you look high up in the structure, they'd see bioanalysis as a commodity now. Mm -hmm. 